0: Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her, would you bring me a little water so I may have a drink? Uh, As she was going to get it, he called, and while you're at it, bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. I don't have any. I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So that we may eat it and die. Lord, I pray for your power and your wisdom over this word. Help me to communicate it in a way that is honoring to you Use me as your mouthpiece. Speak through me to the one who this message is for. I believe somebody is in a season right now where they feel like they have nothing to give and they feel like they have nothing to offer and they feel like they're not enough for where they're at. But God, help me to show them that you say what they call nothing is something. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Abigail, come here. I uh, I don't I haven't done I haven't introduced her to y'all. You may know her because she's on our Instagram sometimes. But this is my girlfriend, Abigail, and she does she does hello, she does photography. Um, She'll go back to her little corner there in a second and she'll take some pictures. Um, She helps with the social media Um, But we um, when we first started dating We've been dating for a few months now when we first started though, I didn't want to post anything and She got so mad at me, but I was like, I just don't want to have to explain to people (laughs) that we broke up I know but I was like, in my mind, I was like, these people follow me, you know, I I don't want to be like posting a picture with a girl and then have to go through and delete it because you know, she, she found out how crazy I actually am. So I just, I was like, let's hold off on the posting. Let's hold off. And, um, I didn't really think much of it. And, um, it made you mad. Yeah. You were upset. 100. One hundred percent. She was upset. And it was it was nothing to me, but it was something to her. right? Yeah. It was nothing to me, but it was something to you. Yes. Because I, I mean, for me, I was like, this makes sense. But for you, you were like, does he hate me? I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. You thought it was dumb. She thought it was dumb. Well, um, so you got mad at me. Not mad. Are do you forgive me? I got mad at you the other day. <laughs> so Friday, I already told her what I was gonna tell you, but so Friday, Friday we went on a date, we went on a walk to, we went, uh, we went walking on a trail by a brook, right? Yes. A, a brook, it's a small stream. I'm gonna talk about that in my message today. Um, so we went, we went walking and, um, and when we were on the way there, she was supposed to be giving me directions and she had me turn the wrong way. And so she was all distracted um, and she was trying to figure out um, how to get us to the trail we were going to walk. And um, I was also telling her about my message that I'm about to preach to you here in a second. And I was telling it to her and then she was not paying attention to me. She was trying to give me directions and we were lost. In the town where she lives, <laughs> by the way, so <laughs> have you lived there your whole life? No. yeah, and the so we were lost in the town that she lived in her whole life, just anyways, pray for us, but I was telling her the message, and I was like, you know da 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 da, it was this, and it was that and and she just wasn't paying attention at all, and I was like, I'm never going to tell you one of my messages again, because you're not even listening to me, and I was upset, because she was distracted, and it felt like to me, I know this isn't true, but this is how it felt in the moment, like, that it was nothing to you, but it was something to me, and I, like, God was showing it to me, like, so good, like I was like, oh, this message is gonna be amazing. I know it's gonna help somebody. Um, and then she was like trying to figure out how to get us where we were going. And I was so upset because for, for me, it was, it was really something. It was something special to me, but how I felt like by her response, like it was nothing to her. So for me, I was like, it's nothing to you, but it was something to me. And I think a lot of times, like we get upset with people in our lives because like we've, God shows us, maybe, maybe it's God or maybe we just get really excited about something and, and, and we expect them to be just as excited as we are. And it feels like we can't get that response. Like you ever told somebody news and you thought they were gonna freak out and they totally didn't even, they were like, that's cool. Because it, 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 was, it was something to you but it was nothing to them. Well, that's how I felt the other day. And um, I could have told this story without her up here, but I, didn't want, I wanted y'all to be able to visualize. So thank you, go take some pictures. Um, and, and that's really what I wanna preach about today. The full message title is, it was nothing to you, it was something to me. Um, we'll probably have to shorten that for YouTube, but that's the full title. It was, it was nothing to you, it was something to me. The text I read, <laughs> all that was related to the text, I promised. Let me sew it in together nice and tight. I want to give you a few verses for context, because I picked up at verse 7, but there were six other verses in that chapter. Now, Elisha the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, who was the king, who was a wicked king, might I add. As the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word, neither dew nor rain. So how much rain? None. How much dew? Nothing. Completely dry. So so there's gonna be no rain and no dew. This is what Elisha the prophet said, until I say so. So the water stopped and then in verse two, then the word of the Lord came to Elisha. The water stopped and then the word started. I point that out because sometimes for God's word to come into your life for the wisdom of heaven, for the perspective of God, for revelation, to show up in your life, the word of God. Sometimes the water has to stop. What you were used to has to stop. What you depended on has to stop, and then the word can come. I'll show it to you like this. Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. Two things can't take up the same space. If I want to have one hand here in the center, I can't have the other hand here in the center because they can't, they can't share the same space. It won't, it won't work. Two things can't live in the same space. So sometimes God will remove things from your life. And you'll think, dang, I really like, am upset that that's gone. What the heck, God? Like, I, was, I was depending on that. I, I needed the rain. I needed the dew. I needed the water, but for the word to start, the water had to stop. Then the word of the Lord came to Elisha, leave here and turn eastward and hide in the Careth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. Uh, a brook is, by Google's definition, a small stream. I don't know what you would get if you Googled brook, but when I Googled brook, definition said a small stream. Not a big stream, not a big pond, not a lake, not a river, a brook, a small stream. So even though there was no rain, even though there was no dew, even though there was no water, Elisha still had provision. The provision though was a small stream. Often when I think about God's provision, I think about something big, something exciting, something huge. But a lot of times the way God provides is through something small. There was no water in the land but there was a brook, and it was it wasn't nothing, it was something, you know, um, but it wasn't a lot. And maybe that's how you feel right now. Maybe you're like, you know, I, it's not that I don't have anything, I have something, but I don't have a lot. And often God will give you, oh, give us this day our daily bread. God doesn't always give provision in this like big manner, a lot of times he just gives it to you one step at a time, which is honestly very nice of him, because if he gave you too much too soon, you might not be able to handle it. So some of the ways God provides is keeping from you what you want, but giving you what you need. And you will drink from the brook, from the small stream. And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food. So first part of this verse, we have a small stream. The second part of this verse is interesting because God says, I'm gonna provide food for you as well. I'm providing water and I'm providing you food, um, but I'm gonna do it through a raven. The reason this is interesting is because Elisha was from the tribe or the people of Israel. Well, Israel lived under the law, which stated that ravens were an unclean bird. So God said, I'm going to provide food and water just like you need, but I'm not going to provide it in a way you expect. I have a question. Are you open to receive God's provision Even if it comes through something you deem unclean, what if the person that God is sending into your life is someone you want to turn away? And you're like, no, God, don't send them, but God's saying, I've put something in them that you need. I've put something in them that's going to help you. And if you send away the meat and the bread because you don't like the raven that brought it, you will starve. Some of the times, and this can really mean two things. God will often send things into your life in ways you wouldn't expect. And Elisha had to get over some some tradition for God to provide. He received provision through an unlikely thing. And God used an unlikely thing unclean thing. Praise God. All the sinners, let's rejoice for a second. Let's just say, thank God that you'll use something unclean. Thank God that you'll use something imperfect. Thank God you'll use something unholy because if it had to be clean, if it had to be perfect, oh, you couldn't use me. Oh, but thank you. You can use a raven. Thank you. You can use something unclean. Thank you. You can use something unlikely, you know, When I was 15, it's when I really accepted Jesus's forgiveness over my life and began the attempt of following him. Um, It was a progression. I've been growing. I've been reinventing. I've been changing. God's been growing me all the way since 15. And even before that, but 15 was really the age that I became aware of that. Shortly after then I was I felt called to preach preaching something I love that's why that's why Friday I was getting so excited when I was telling you about my message cuz like I just I'm excited to do it God's put a passion in me to do it I have to do it if no one will come I'll put a camera up and we'll we'll just do this thing you know and I used to think that if I was called to preach that meant I had to get invited to churches because that's like what I always saw is that people who were preaching, they would get invited to churches and conferences and they would go around and travel around to all these different groups of people and that's how they had impact. That's how they saw life change in other people because because they were going around to other people to other churches and and doing that. And that's how they preached. And I thought at the time that that's what I had to do if I was called to preach. Little did I know God had something different something unlikely. Little did I know that God said, no, 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 I've called you to preach, you got that part right, but you don't have to go travel around to a bunch of different churches or youth groups or youth conferences or young adult events or camps, or you don't have to go do all of those things. I've called you to preach, just turn on some lights, just turn on a a microphone and just just turn on a camera and you can get the word out through, through Instagram, you can get the word out through TikTok, through YouTube, through Facebook, and we can reach thousands, and, and, and our ministry through multiple social media platforms has reached hundreds of thousands. The only reason I'm telling you this is because it blows my mind, and it was through something that was unlikely. It was through something small. A camera's a small thing. I'm looking at a camera. You, I mean, I'm looking at the camera. You can't see the camera. That's how this thing works but a camera is a small thing. This little microphone right here, it's a small thing. This little sermon I prepared today, this little message I wrote, it's a small thing. It's like a mustard seed. When you look at it, it's small. It almost looks like nothing. It's like it was nothing to you, but it was something to me. That's what Jesus said. If you have faith like a mustard seed, mustard seeds are tiny. You can't even see them. They look like nothing. They're so small. It looked like nothing. It was nothing to you, but it was something to me. So God provided through a raven, an unclean and unlikely thing. And so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Careth Ravine east of the Jordan and he stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook, from the small thing, from the small thing. And then something interesting happens next. The brook, dried up. <laughs> so now there's no rain. There's no, let's take inventory. There's no rain. There's no dew. And now there's no brook. There's no water. How much water is there? No water. There's no water. How much water? No water. There's, there's nothing. It, it's nothing to you. I wonder if we're looking around, taking inventory of our life, and we're like, it's nothing. But God's up there saying, it's nothing to you, but it's something to me. This is why you can't take your life even though you're depressed. This is why you can't quit even though you don't know how it's gonna work out. This is why you have to keep going. This is why you have to keep trying. This is why you have to get up in the morning. Because it may not look like something to you, But what looks like nothing to you, God said, that's something to me. I can use that. I can use that little thing. I can use that small thing. I can use that mustard seed faith. I can use that. Um, in, In all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's a story that's accounted in all four of the Gospels the feeding of the 5,000. Well, that's what we call it, anyways. I don't think that's what Jesus would call it because when they took count, um, everybody, all right, let's see how many people are here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, da, 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 da 5,000 they would only count the men. They wouldn't count the women, and they wouldn't count the children. Because in that society, men were like the only ones who really, I gotta be careful how I say this. Um, Men, they had a misconception that men were worth more than women. Um, and that men were worth more than children. So when they counted, when they did their head count that day, they only counted the men. This is in. I'm going to read it to you out of John's account. John six, chapter verse one. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where are we going to, where are we going to get bread for all these people to eat? Where are we going to get all this bread? You know, how are we going to feed all these people? But he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, well, that would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough for everybody to have a bite, just a bite, just a bite. And um, it doesn't say it in John's gospel, but in Mark's gospel, uh, 638, it says this, how many loaves do you have? He asked. Now, if you grew up in church, don't be careful because you might answer this wrong. Because you want to say, they had five loaves. I know the answer. They had five loaves of bread. They had five loaves. And they had two fish. Five loaves and two fish. How many loaves do you have? They had five loaves. They had two fish. Actually... They didn't. They did not have 5 loaves or 2 fish. They had they had nothing. Because um verse 8 another of his disciples Andrew Simon's brother spoke up, "Here is a boy. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go among so many? So who had the bread and who had the fish? Not the disciples. They had nothing. It was nothing. It started with nothing. A lot of the miracles in our life that God will do, will start with nothing. It'll start, well, it's actually never nothing. (laughs) I've I've come up with 48,000 sermon titles for this message today. My first one was this. This is what I told you it was Friday, is it started with nothing. But then I was like reading and praying and meditating on this, and I realized that it's never nothing. Because even when the brook dries up, God will say, now go, I've got a widow who's gonna give you water. Even when you see 15 to 20,000 people, and you're, you're, you're gonna try to feed them, and you're like, I have nothing, I have no bread, I have no fish. God will send you a boy. They only counted the men. But the provision came through the boy. It came through something they counted as nothing, but it was nothing to them. It was something to Jesus. He said, I've already got the provision. It's never nothing. It's nothing to you, but it's something to me here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish but how far will that go among so many because even when it was something it was still nothing because it's like okay great thank you jesus i've got i've got five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish they're not big bread it says five small <laughs> loaves and two small <laughs> fish, and they've got to feed 15 to 20,000, somewhere in between there, people. It's nothing. I mean, that's nothing. That is, that is like showing up to buy a mansion with 20 bucks. That's nothing that's not even going to that's not even going to pay for the mail mailbox. Jesus, that's not even going to feed all of us, much less all of these fools who came here. That's not as that not it was it was nothing to them. Jesus said, "Have a seat. Sit down." Take a load off. There was plenty of grass in this place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. There they go, counting the men. And then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks. Now, I want to stop there. He took the little bit and he gave thanks for it. The only reason I point that out is, 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 is he who is faithful with a little, God will make faithful with much. Can you be thankful for the small things. God, I know you haven't given me everything I want you to give me yet, but, but, but thank you for what you have given me. I know you haven't done everything I want you to do yet, but thank you for the things you have done. I know I haven't really had provision in the way I expect it. I know I'm still 27 and single. Hey, but thank you for the friends I have. I know I'm not in the house of my dreams yet. Hey, but thank you for this space I have today. Hey, 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 God, I know the career hasn't taken me where I want it to go, but give thanks for the small things because even though it's small to you even though it's nothing to you it's something to god it's like it's like this you know that the prophet samuel went to jesse david's dad's house to um appoint a king And all David's brothers were there. But David was out in the field tending sheep. He was doing a task that was menial, small. It was nothing. But it was nothing to them. But there was something to God. Because while David's out shoveling sheep stuff, um Jesse says to no, 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 I'm sorry. Samuel says to Jesse, "No, none of these boys you got here are going to be the future king of Israel. Do you have another son?" But David was off doing something that seemed like nothing. When God told Abram that he was going to make a great nation come out of him, Abraham or Abram was so old and so was his wife and so what seemed impossible what seemed unlikely that's what God had planned it was physically nearly impossible it was nothing it was nothing it was nothing it was nothing to you but it was something to God And so there was something small, something so small as the fish, something so small as the bread, but he broke it and he gave thanks and he distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, how much did they have to eat? How much did they have to eat? Enough, enough. They had enough to eat. And he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that were left over. This is my favorite part. Let nothing be wasted. So Jesus is saying, get some to-go boxes, baby boy, because we got to go pick up some pieces and don't let anything Let nothing be wasted, let nothing be wasted. It started with we have nothing and it ended with let nothing be wasted. Look, 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 it starts small. It always starts like nothing. It always looks like nothing, but I promise it's something. Let nothing be wasted. How much bread did they have when they started? Nothing. But then at the end of it, Jesus was saying, no, 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 let nothing be wasted. Let nothing be wasted. It started with nothing and then it never ran out. It never ran out. So they gathered them and they filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves, with the pieces, with the pieces, with With the pieces of the five barley loaves, so this makes me think that there was no whole loaves it was all it was just the pieces, it was just the crumbs. they filled up twelve big basketfuls just of the crumbs. so now let's go back to elisha when he's asking the widow for food, and he says. Can I have a piece? This is verse 11. Can I have a piece of bread? Just a piece. Just a piece. Because I was at the brook, but the water ran out because of the drought that I prophesied about. Um, and God told me to come to you, to a widow. Now, here's the thing. If you thought God feeding Elisha through a raven was crazy, I don't know what's more crazy, God feeding him through a raven or through a widow. Because in this society, women didn't work. If you're a widow, which means your husband is dead, then the only hope you have for provision comes from your children, because if they're old enough to work, then they can provide for you, but her son was still young, so she, she really had nothing, and the widow would live off of the donations of other people, but when there's a drought, people you know, they're not as generous. When people themselves have nothing, it's hard for them to give you anything. This is why I think you got to be careful depending on other people for encouragement. I love encouragement. Send me your encouragement. But you have to get to the place that you know that even if they don't encourage you, It might not be because they don't like you. They might be experiencing the same drought you're experiencing. They might be discouraged themselves. So the widow hadn't really, she had nothing. And that's what she told the prophet when he came and said, hey, can I have a little bit of water? She was like, yeah, 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 I got you. And then, and then after that, she, he was like, well, while you're at it, can I get some bread? Too. Um, And then she was like, well, actually, I don't have any bread. I have nothing. I have, I have nothing. It was nothing to her. But Elisha said, as surely as God lives, don't be afraid. Go home and first make a small loaf. Just make a small loaf. You don't have to make a big loaf. This encouraged me because if I feel like I don't have a lot, God will take a little. If you don't feel like you have a lot to give, God will take a little. So so Elisha said, I know you don't feel like you have a lot. I know you feel like you have nothing. So just go home and do a small thing. If you can't do a big thing, can you do a small thing? Go home and make a small loaf of bread for me. Just a small loaf. From what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Make something. She said, I have nothing. But Elisha said, "Nah, you have something. Go and make something. Go and make some, something. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the, the jug of oil will not run dry until... The Lord sends rain on the land. And she went away and did as Elisha had told her to do. And there was food every day. There was enough. She thought it was nothing. It was nothing to her, but it was something to God. It was nothing to her. God said, go to a widow. God said, go to a widow. Go to an unlikely place and receive provision from an unlikely person. I know it doesn't seem like enough, but there will be enough. It looks like nothing, it's nothing to you, but it's something to God. So Elisha told her, so there was food every day for Elisha and for the woman, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. It just never ran out. It was kind of like the fish in the loaves where the Bible never says like, there was uh, five loaves and then there was 50 loaves, and then there was 5,000 loaves, and everybody got a loaf. It just says there was enough. It never was a lot, but it never ran out. <laughs> These two texts, they just go together. It's like, I know it doesn't seem like enough but it won't run out. That's my whole message. I know it's nothing to you, but it's something to God. I know it seems like nothing. I know it seems like nothing. I know it seems like nothing, but it won't run out. You'll have flour, you'll have oil, it won't run out. She had to gather up sticks. She couldn't even afford firewood. And yeah, I love it because it said she was gathering little sticks, small sticks. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, this is where if this was like um, a movie, it would say the end. They lived happily ever after. But real life is never like that. And the Bible's real stories about real people, about real life. And so, even though there was provision in one area, it says in the very next verse, verse 17, sometime later, this is why you can never really live off of something did, God did five years ago. This is why walking with Jesus is a day by day, step by step, movement by movement, breath by breath, every, breathe I, every breath I breathe, it comes from you. And it's a daily thing. It's a a keeping in step one by one, day by day, step by step, walking with him. Because sometime later, she needed something else because it says, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. So her son, which I should point out, was her only hope of future provision because she was hoping, well, my son's gonna grow up and he's going to work, and he can provide for me then. But he grew worse and worse. He became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. So we started the text with the water stopped. But now the widow's, the widow's son, his breath stopped. The widow who had just become a well of provision for Elisha now loses something herself. And the thing she had been counting on died. The thing she had her hope in departed. And it says, finally, he stopped breathing. Just like the water stopped, now the breath stopped. And so she said to Elisha, to the prophet, to the man of God, what do you have against me, man of God? Why did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Verse 19, give me your son. Elisha replied, can you give God the thing? Can you, can you hand the thing over It says, he took her from her arms. Can you let go of the thing that you had counted on and let God have it? Because I know I've taken up a lot of time on this, so I'm just going to move through the rest of the story. Elisha took the boy into a room, and eventually the boy was revived after prayer. says he... He carried the boy out into the upper room and he was staying there and he he laid him on the bed and then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times. He cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Then Elisha's, the Lord heard Elisha's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. And he lived. So the only way for the boy to get his life back for the mom to get her hope back was to hand it over to God how did the five loaves and two fish became enough when it was handed over to God this boy was dead it was nothing there was no hope it was nothing to you but it was something to God, there's like this ch- cheesy quote. Um, you may have heard it. Preachers say it. When when uh, when you're down to nothing, hey, God is up to something. Amen. But I want to say this today. It may be nothing to you, but it's something to God. You may feel when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. It's never nothing. It's never nothing. I just wish I could give it to you like God was giving it to me, but I need you to know it's never nothing. It just looks like nothing. You always have enough. You always have enough for today. You can keep going, the only way to fail is to quit. But God doesn't keep count the way you keep count. I, I used to umpire baseball and I, I would be standing back there behind the plate and I'd be down there, you know, doing my thing and you know, I would count strike one or ball or he's out, he's safe and it was my part-time job that, anyways, I would always get real annoyed with people who would come up to me and say, Hey, ump, hey, blue, hey, umpire, what's the score? What's the score? And I would always look at him, I would say the same thing I don't keep score. I keep strikes, I keep outs, and I keep innings, I keep balls, but I don't keep score. I just keep count. I don't keep score, I just keep count. I feel like God's saying to you today, I don't keep score. I just keep count. I just keep count. I just know today I'm going to provide for you. I know you messed up. Hey, but I don't keep score. I just keep count. And I'm counting one more day that I have forgiveness for you. Hey, I know you've done some great things and you feel like you're a good person and whoop de doo you. You were nice to somebody and you bought somebody their lunch and you gave $5 to the homeless man and, and praise God for that. That's good but I don't keep score, even on your best day, you still need my grace. I don't keep score, I just keep count. This is why we always know it's never nothing. Because if God's got breath in your lungs, it's never nothing. If you've got one person in your life who cares about you, it's never nothing. If you've got one more day to live, it's never nothing. It's never nothing, you wanna quit, but I just need to tell you, you can quit, that's your decision, but just know it's never nothing. It's never, it's never nothing. I'll close with this. There's so much more I could share with you, but I'll close with this. Luke 21, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. They were given big gifts, They were putting a lot of money in there. But he also saw a poor widow. So God doesn't only see the big, he sees the small. A poor widow who put in two very small copper coins. Compared to the rich people, it was nothing. But Jesus piped up. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. How can you say that, Jesus? How can you say that? Because they put in these big gifts. All these people gave gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And the rich people would see her putting her coins in and they would say, ha, that's nothing. Ha, that's nothing. And, and Jesus said, no, it's nothing to you. But it's something to me. Do you feel like that widow? Like, I don't have a lot, God, you know? Why would you even want to use somebody like me? And do you know what I've done? I don't really have anything. I'm nothing. But God is saying it's nothing to you. It's something to me. Well, I hope you enjoyed the message. Um, Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for sharing, liking, subscribing. I do want to um, say a special hello if it was your first time ever joining in to a Grace Movement message. I'm honored you would take 30 to 40, and I think they told me I did 45 minutes today or longer. Um, So so I appreciate you taking that amount of time out of your schedule. I'm praying for you. Put in the comments where you're watching from um, and if there's a way we can pray for you specifically. Well, we love you so much. Hey, if you wanna learn more about us, you already know what I'm gonna say. online. There you can partner with us in the gospel um, by giving. And um, you can do that by just going to our website and you'll scroll down you'll see it. So. Thank you. Like, subscribe, share it with somebody. Somebody you know would, would love to hear this message. So text it to them, share it on your Facebook, Instagram, everything you got. All right, till next week.